as you do that, I'll just let you know a bit about me. Um, I've been married to my beautiful wife for 10 years, Kim, wherever she's at. And uh, <laughs> she's somewhere around here. Uh, oh, she's in the back there. And I got three kids, so they're six, five, and three, all girls, so I'm blessed there. Uh, we've been here at the church for a little over two years now as members, and um, we, I've been doing the residency, as you said, and I just want to say thank you. A lot of y'all, y'all voted on to provide finances and invest time, so thank you for that. It has been a big blessing to me and the other guys doing it. The book of Jeremiah, well, it takes place in the final days of southern Judah, and it will soon be taken over by Babylon by the end of the book. Why does this end up happening? Well, there's many reasons, but Israel is ultimately putting their confidence and their hope in the world things and people rather than God. Jeremiah's overall message is provided, or is hope provided by judgment which is a final means, excuse me, for the people to repent. Jeremiah is directing us towards the heart of God. Jeremiah 2.13 is a great verse to summarize really the book. It says that God, or for my people, God says, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fount of living water, and they've hewed or dug out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that won't hold any water. This theme will show up in our verse, too. It's really the question that we're going to be asking and wrestling with tonight. What fills your hope? Is it God's words or is it man's words? Now that we have a brief context of what's going on, let's jump to our verse here in Jeremiah 23, 16. Look with me. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you, filling you with vain hopes. They speak visions of their own minds and not from the mouth of the Lord. So here again, we see in this verse, is it man's words you're going to trust that's going to fill your hopes or God's? False prophets were in the majority in these days, not too abnormal from today. They were living adulterous, evil, ungodly lives, as we see in verses 10 through 15. These prophets, they were proclaiming peace, peace. The problem was is that there was no peace. We see that in chapter 6, verse 14. So what's the accusation going on here in verse 16? Well, God is telling people not to listen to the prophets. Why? Well, look with me. Right there in the middle of the passage, it says, because they are filling you with false or vain hopes. And as we will see, that will lead to your destruction. The prophets are speaking visions with their own mind. Verse 17 lets us know specifically what they were saying. Look with me in verse 17. Excuse me. They say, the prophets, continually to those who despise the word of the Lord, it shall be well with you. And to everyone who stubbornly follows his own heart, they say, no disaster shall come upon you. These words that the prophets were speaking, they sounded great to the audience. It was a crowd-pleasing message. It felt good. It tickled their ear. That's going to be our hand signal for tonight. You can walk away. 23, verse 16, it's all about tickling the ear. 
I'll do that a couple more times. Y'all can do it with me as I do it. They were living comfortably. And who wants to hear about coming destruction when all is going well in your sight? I feel fine, they would say. Everything looks good. What are you talking about, destruction? I'm living the way I want, and it's great. Oh, how true this should ring to us as the American church today. Why does this upset God? Well, besides the obvious spit in the face, he is a merciful God. I'll unpack that here. But it's been over 800 years since God has delivered Israel out of Egypt. He's been so patient and kind. He doesn't want his people to dig cisterns that will kill them. He wants to give them living water, his words and his warnings. And as long as their ears are being tickled by the heretical prophets, God knows that they won't turn. From verse 21, we can see that if prophets speak something contrary to God's word, we can know God never sent them. Let me say that again. If prophets speak, or pastors, put in pastors there as well, speak something contrary to God's word, then we can know God never sent them. God is saying in these passages, only listen to the man who has listened to God. A prophet, a pastor, yourself, you can only give out what you've been put in, what's been put in. Sorry, you can only, sorry, I got that reversed there. You can only give out what you take in. There you go. If the prophets had listened, they would have warned the people of the wrath to come. Why? So that they might repent. That's the objective. Read verse 22 with me if you get your Bibles open there. But if they had stood in my counsel, then they would have proclaimed my words to my people. They would have turned them from their evil ways and from the evil of their deeds. God desires to, spit, or to send prophets to warn people about their sin so that they might spare them. What do we see happening if the prophets had done things God's way? Right? Verse 16 and 17 is everything prior to is prophets doing things their way. Here, 22 is God's way. Everything in really 18 to 21 is just God saying, this is who I am. But verse 22, he says, he says this, if prophets did things my way, first of all, they would have stood in my counsel, right? So I say to you, brothers and sisters, stand in God's word. Secondly, we see here that they would have proclaimed God's word to the people. When's the last time, I wonder, you've proclaimed God's word to warn them of the destruction that is coming? and the life that can wait for them in Christ. Thirdly, last we see here, just in verse 22, if, we, if they had done things God's way, the people would have had a chance to turn from their evil ways. As we saw this morning, there's only two kinds of people, those who are perishing and those who are not. But they can't be saved if they're not hearing God's word. Again, God delights to have mercy. He wants them to know about the destruction that is coming so that they can turn to God and repent. So come and drink from the fountain, the spring that never runs dry. How do we do that? Verse 16 tells us by God's word. 
This morning, we saw that Paul's sole objective was to preach the truth of God's word. If it's God's word where we find our warning in life, then what implications does that have for us today? There are many things out there, social media, movies, news, certain preachers and teachers. They say things that just make us feel good. Follow your heart, they may say. That kind of statement should make you sprint in the other direction. We have a do-you culture. And Jeremiah would have a stern warning for this in Jeremiah 17, verse 9, where he says that your hearts, they're deceitfully wicked above all things. So please, don't do you. Hide God's word in your heart. Meditate on it. Delight in it. Preach it to yourself. Listen to preachers who will not give their opinions, but they will give you the truth of God's word. Elders of UBC, you do this so well. Thank you. From this verse, I must also caution you not to stop. Teach the whole counsel of God. Warn us of the consequences if we disobey. Congregation, encourage each other. Spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Run this race together. Remind each other often of the fount of living water that never runs dry. Delight in his word, and anything that gets in your way from it, kill it. Or in Jesus' words, cut it off or pluck it out. While God wanted his people to know about the destruction that was coming from Babylon and Jeremiah, we have an even scarier enemy on our doorsteps, the evil one who is always scheming and looking for people to devour. He wants to tickle your ear. He wants to fill it with lies and half-truths, just as he did in the garden with Adam and Eve. And just as he did with these prophets here in Jeremiah. So brothers and sisters, we must not think of ourselves as greater than them, but warn people of the coming wrath that awaits if they don't turn to Christ and trust in his righteousness and in his perfection. There is a spiritual war going on right now. Yes, Christ has won that war, but we are still in the battle. And we should have boldness to fight from victory and not for it. It's been won. So I'll close with asking this again. What fills your hopes? Is it man's words or is it God's? If it's anything but God's word, it may be leading you to death and destruction. Delight yourself in his word. Cherish it, meditate on it day and night, and as a deer pants for flowing streams, so would your soul pant for him. Let's pray. Father, God, you are so good and so merciful, and oftentimes we don't see warnings of coming destruction as a grace. <laughs> as a warning because you're merciful and you want people to come to you. God, keep us from false prophets. God, reveal your glory. Keep us from the evil one. Lead us not into temptation. Cause us to hate sin the way you do, Lord. Speak to us from your word. Fill our hopes with your word. We ask and pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen.